Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studios at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, we'll be continuing our study through the sixth chapter of this first book, of Corinthians. Paul wrote this letter to this carnal church in the city of Corinth. Of course, we've already told you in previous Bible studies, Corinth is there in the proximity of Athens, and it would have that culture, it would have that uh, lean to it, very uh, worldly, a lot of philosophy, a lot of carnality in this church, and Paul is addressing the issues of this local church. Now, there are good people, no doubt, in this church. And don't get it wrong that this church was sort of that oddball out. Every church has problems. Now, hopefully they don't have problems to the extent of the church in Corinth, but every church has its issues because every church is made up of, you guessed it, people like you and people like me. So Paul has had to deal with their issues, immaturity, immorality, division uh, over personality, taking each other to law, different problems like that in the church. Now, in verse, or rather chapter number 6, that is the issue Paul's addressing, is brethren going to court with one another, suing one another uh, before the world. Now, we're not talking about criminal problems, but civil issues, things that could be handled, uh, just sit down with a cup of coffee and talk it out, things of that nature. And yet they blow it up and they take it out there before the world. And what they do is they cast shade and bring shame on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is telling them them in this chapter that uh, they would do well to take care of it uh, in the church. He said, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? He said, why don't you just suffer it? Why don't you just man up a little bit, show some character, be like Christ, who he was mistreated, yet he didn't attack. He didn't come back in the same fashion in which he was uh, 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 approached. No, Jesus responded in grace and long-suffering and mercy, and I know you're not Christ, and I know I'm not Christ, and I know we're not perfect, but we ought to strive to be as much like Jesus as possible. Now, he's going to use some motivation some things to remind these uh, people about uh, to sort of get their heart back in the right spot. And that begins here in verse number 8, and we'll read down through verse number 11. Nay, you do wrong and defraud, and that's your brethren. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? So here's the problem. They're defrauding one another. They're not treating each other truthfully uh, within the church. He says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. So Paul is telling them that 
defrauding one another is uh, an attribute and the activity of one who's not righteous, who's not saved. He's not saying that that individual or those he's pointing out were not saved, but he's saying they're acting as though they've never been born again. And he said, hey, it's a serious thing. He said, don't you understand the fate of those who are not saved? They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. They're not going to go to heaven. They're not saved. They're not going to get to rule and reign with Christ one day. No, they're going to be cast into a lake of fire. And he said, here's the kind of people I'm talking about, fornicators, idolaters, and adulterers, and effeminate. He's talking about all these different types of sin and all these different types of sinners and saying they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And he said, hey, listen, that's what defrauding your brethren is likened unto. He said, it's like you're living a life as though you're not regenerated, though you've never been saved. And you and I are Christians are to live a Christian life. That sort of goes without saying. And so Paul twists it and says, hey, listen, and such were some of you in verse 11. That's a great statement. You got to underline this verse in your Bible. He said, you used to be that crowd, and such were some of you. He said, before you were saved, you lived like that. You lived like that in fornication, in idolatry, in adultery, being maybe some of them effeminate. I'm glad God can fix that. Abusers of yourselves with mankind. You were a thief. You were covetous. You were a drunkard. You were an, a reviler, like to brawl and fight. You extorted uh, a people. He said, and such were some of you. That is past tense. That is what you were. That is under the blood. That is yesterday, not today. That is in the rearview mirror because you have been born again. And that's what he says. But you are washed. But you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He says you are not the individual that you used to be. You are not where you were. You have been changed by the good grace of God. He lists all these different forms of unrighteousness, and he broadens it out even in verse number 10 and adds some more things in there, and then he turns it on him in verse 11 and says, that's what you used to be, but that's not what you ought to be now because you've been saved. You've been washed. Revelation 1 and verse 5 talks about how we've been washed and made clean by the blood of the Lamb. I think about being sanctified and justified. That talks about our sacred standing in Christ. We've been set apart. We've been uh, deemed as holy, fit for the master's use, justified. We've been legally declared not guilty. When Christ saved us, he made us clean. Thank God. He made us holy. He made us righteous. In the eyes of God, thank God we are perfectly right because of Jesus Christ imputed righteousness. The apostle is referring to our position, right? We've got cleansing, sanctification, justification through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And here's what he's implying. He said all those sins he listed, he's listed 10 specific sins in verse 9 and 10. He said those sins are still prevalent, sadly, among the people in the Corinthian church, but it ought not be because, listen, we have been saved by the grace of God, so we ought to live holy as he is holy. And Paul is using that to this for this crowd that were so quick to act and react in the flesh. Now, let me apply it to you real quick and, and myself as I move on. You and I need to be careful to always keep the fact that we're saved in the forefront of our mind. Don't forget you're born again. You're not the man or woman you used to be. So you ought not act and react in a fashion that you used to act and react. We ought to have a different 
a, a response about us. We ought to be have a different reply about us. We ought to do everything through that filter. Hey, listen, I'm a born-again person now, and thank God God has changed my life. I don't want to talk like I talked or think like I thought or do what I did. I want to make sure I glorify the Lord in everything that I do. And that's what Paul is going to say in verse 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. He said just because the law would say you have a right to sue or the right to take them to trial over whatever it is that you have a disagreement about, he said it might not be advantageous to the cause of Christ. And that's basic Christianity right there. I quit thinking about me and I start thinking about the Lord and I stop worrying about my rights and me and I start concerning myself with the salvation of others and the uh, testimony and the hope of others and the confidence of others. And I don't do what maybe I could do because I want to make sure I'm a good influence. And then maybe I do do what I don't necessarily want to do because I'm worried about my influence on others and the cause of Christ. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. There's some things that are not sin, but the Bible talks about in Hebrews, they might be a weight that can easily beset us. And it's not necessarily a sin. You can't look at it and say that, without a doubt, is a sin. I mean, it's a sin that is wrong. Maybe you can't label it like that, but you could say it's not expedient. It's not advantageous. It is not helpful. It is not edifying. Christianity, when you mature in Christianity, you begin to think about others, Christ, not yourself. And so you always listen. In all things, you want to please him. You never want to hinder the gospel. You never want to hurt the name of your church. You never want to mar the testimony of the Lord. So in everything that we do, we ought to filter it through, does this honor God, and will this help people who see me do it, see me wear it, see me watch it, find out I said it. Everything we do, as you say, well, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with going to the, oh, here we go. There's nothing wrong with going to the beach, Brother Cooper. Maybe, maybe not in and of itself. I could maybe argue with that a little bit about the atmosphere and different things. But I'm not going to go to the beach, put on a pair of swimming trunks, or on no shirt on, amen, out there amongst all those people. Uh, you say, why is that? It might not be, it might not be whatever. It's a weight. I'll tell you what it is. It'll make other folks stumble. Dr. Highlands used to use that illustration. He's not going to, he wanted a motorcycle, but he said, I'm not going to ride a Harley with my leather pants and jacket up to the church and park it there. He said, there's been some folks saved out of that kind of lifestyle. He said, though it's not a sin to have a motorcycle and it's not a sin to wear a leather jacket or whatever, for me, he said, it would be a weight. It might hinder what God has called me to do, the race I'm supposed to run. And Christian, that is maturing in the Christian life. We don't do what we want. It's not about pleasing self. It's about pleasing the Lord. And though all things are lawful unto us, maybe not. Maybe it might not be expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of of any. That's our thought for today. Until next time, pray with us for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.